Hello, everybody. It's the Farm and Garden Show. Very happy to be back with you again. Uh, I'm Elizabeth Archer, your host of the Farm and Garden Show, and I have my first ever repeat guest on the show. It's, spoiler alert, my husband, Carson Elmer. Hi, Carson. Hello, everybody. How's it going? Carson is the owner and operator of Carson and Bees beekeeping business here in Mendocino County. And he is a repeat guest for two reasons. One, I had a kind of wild couple weeks and neglected to book another guest, and he was easy, low-hanging fruit. And two, everybody loves talking about bees, learning about bees, the show we did several months ago. Um, we could have talked for, I mean, we have enough content, I feel like, almost to host a weekly beekeeping show, so it seemed like a good time to bring you back on. Yeah, there's lots to talk about. There's lots happening. It, it's springtime. I it's mean. springtime. It's springtime for the bees. Um, I do want to say... Yes, Carson is my husband. And if you are a beekeeper listening and are thinking to yourself, maybe I want to be on the radio, please email me. Put Farm and Garden in the uh, header, uh, dj at kzyx.org. And I would love to have you on as a guest. I would love to have anyone involved in the sort of farming, gardening world on as a guest. So you are absolutely welcome to come on the air. We're you know, interested in all perspectives. So that said, Carson, tell me what springtime in the bee world means. Uh, Well, first of all, um, we're a small beekeeping uh, company. I mean, when I say, talk to people around here, a lot of people say, wow, that's that's a lot of hives. That's that's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Um, But uh, right now our main focus is uh, honey production. Um, We just got out of, splitting our hives and growing, um, recovering some of the losses over the winter, um, and yeah. (laughs) Tell, not everybody knows what it is to split a hive. Right. Uh, that is taking one hive and making one or, uh, making two or more hives. Um, not just any hive has to be a strong hive. Uh, yeah. You want to take your strong hives. Uh, there's two reasons for that. Um, your strong hives if if you do nothing with them they will swarm on you they'll naturally split and that is an uncontrolled uh split uh they they leave the hive they take the old queen and go find a new home uh so if we can mitigate that by taking some of the bees out of the box um they um will then continue on their day and produce honey that way we're going to talk a lot about swarms a little bit later so stay tuned if you're interested in swarms that's going to be the whole probably second half of the show is swarms gotcha um where were we uh making splits um putting honey supers on putting honey supers on um it is a busy time of the year for me um we're checking hives too because things will um you know, queens can fail, and so requeening, making queens, uh, that's a whole other uh, topic. Um, but getting back to splitting, um, you can, you're literally just taking frames out of one hive and putting it in another. Um, with a new queen. They, yeah, with a, Maybe. New, with a new queen. <laughs> There's the, the very simple version is taking frames out and putting them in another hive. Uh, you can let them raise their own queen, 
you can add queen cells, um, and you can add a, a mated queen. Uh, you can raise your own queen and then add her later, um, or add her when you make the split, uh, or you can buy a queen. So how do bees raise queens? Because it's, kind of, it's much different than how sort of any regular you know worker bee or drone bee is raised so a queen bees are the same genetic material as a worker bee so queens and workers are both female um the drones are the male bees their only job is to mate with a virgin queen uh so this time of year you'll see drones in the hive um six months from now you won't see any drones in the hive because they're kind of useless right because new queens basically only really emerge or exist in the springtime right like if you have a new queen in the summer or fall that hive's probably in trouble yeah the late summer it it gets real hard to uh produce queens the the winter there just isn't drones to to be mate with so um any new queen that comes out in the winter time isn't going to be a viable queen um because she mates a queen emerges and we'll let's go back in a second to sort of the process of how queens are are raised and born but she emerges and then she has how many days to mate uh roughly two weeks two weeks and after that she never leaves the hive again pretty much yeah she she will go out do mating flights mate with uh 10 to 15 drones uh, and come back, and once she starts laying eggs, she's she's done. She won't ever mate again. So if there's bad weather um, in the early spring, you know it's cold and rainy. She can't get out and fly, um, and she only mates once. Then that is all of the sperm that she has uh, for the rest of her life, um, and she uses the sperm to raise female. Uh, bees. So, I just had a minor panic attack, but I'm pretty sure you can say sperm on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, if not. <laughs> it's a very scientific term. Um, so she stores that for the rest of her life um, in a, a little ball called a spermatheca. Um, and every time she wants a female egg, she will uh, fertilize that egg as she lays it in the, each cell. Uh, now, a fertilized egg can be a, uh, a worker bee, a female bee, or a queen, also a female bee. Now, the drones are actually unfertilized eggs, so she has the ability to regulate or, or say, I want to make a male egg or a female egg when she's laying it. Um, and... Later on, if you have problems in your hive um, and you lose a queen and they fail to make a new queen, you can actually have worker bees um, try and be a queen, and we call that a, a drone layer because they haven't flown out and mated. Their ovaries haven't developed, um, at least to a production level, um, and you have... Um, they will be laying eggs, but they will be unfertilized. So all worker bees, all female bees, have eggs? No. 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 How does one become a, a drone layer, then? Uh, when there isn't a queen pheromone for, uh, like, three to five weeks in the hive, um, there will be uh, one to several worker bees, um, the, the smaller bees, that 
decide that they want to be a queen and their ovaries develop and they start laying eggs. Um, oh, interesting. So it's not that the worker bees all just have eggs and can lay at any time. To become a working layer, you actually have to, what, have royal jelly consumption? Or how did those... Um, I don't know the exact process of like which bee they decide to make their pseudo queen, um, but they, um, without the queen pheromone, the whole hive runs on pheromones. Everything's done by smell, um, and with the queen puts off the, their queen pheromone, um, and all all the bees are are happy with that. When that disappears, they first go into emergency mode and will actually take fertilized eggs um and they have about three days because it takes 24 hours for them to 12 to 24 hours for them to realize that they're queenless that that absence of queen pheromone and they will um then try and produce a queen so they'll they'll take some of the last eggs that she produced and um they will draw the cell out so the cells actually are sideways for worker bees queen cells are actually hang down um they're enormous they, comparatively yeah um they actually hang down and the cell that the queen is actually kind of stuck to the roof of the cell um so they they basically have kind of one shot to raise several queens and hopefully one of them is good enough to um, continue the hive when they lose when they have a sudden loss in a queen and um, what's different about those queen cells how do they treat raising a queen differently from raising a worker or a drone uh, well the main difference is they feed them royal jelly um, so all all bees get fed a uh, high protein um, substance that's kind of like royal jelly uh, to, to develop. They need protein to develop, and they, they develop from an egg for three days, um, and that's across the board. Um, but a worker, a drone, and a queen all have different um, periods. So, like a a, a worker takes 21 days from the time an egg is laid to the time she um, that that bee emerges out uh drones are 24 days because they're a little bigger they're a little bit bigger but the next thing is queens are even bigger but they take less days it's actually 16 days um interesting i wonder if it's because her diet is so jam-packed full of it's, nutrients it's, and yeah she is swimming in royal jelly um the amount of food that she gets compared to other bees is it's like sitting in a hot tub for her and she just eats away um, and develops faster and bigger and yeah um so how many queen cells will a hive left to its own devices if they have enough fertilized eggs? How many queen cells will they create at one time? Uh, I've seen like as high as 10. Um, it, it's not like all of them, but they, they select uh, a few from each frame. Um, and so sometimes it's only like one or two, and sometimes it's 10 to 15, uh, depending on how 
good the resources are. If they have a lot of resources, they'll try and produce a lot of queens. Um, this time of year, they will produce queens because they have reached their capacity for of their hive or their cavity of wherever they're occupying. And those queens are different than an emergency queen. Um, and the reason is those queens are swarm uh, queens. So they they're saying, hey, we can't grow anymore. And so we need to swarm. Um, and I want to take a step back. Um, they, the queen is laying eggs every day, all the time. She can lay 2,000 eggs a day, which is like wow. two to three times her body weight in eggs. Um, so she's just constantly eating and laying eggs. They just constantly feed her, yes. She has a royal court that follows her around and feeds her and keeps her clean, right? Yeah, they, they feed her, keep her clean, take care of all of her needs. Where does the queen go to the bathroom? Wherever she stays. <laughs> <laughs> and they just clean up after they clean up. her? They're very oh, hygienic. Um, <laughs> they, they are very hygienic creatures. They're constantly cleaning out the hive um, and taking debris out. Um, okay, don't get off track. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fault. Uh, no, go back though. So the when they're raising queens to swarm, you're saying they're, it's different than an emergency queen. Yeah, because the queen is still in the hive. She's still laying eggs. Um, but they uh, usually what happens is they, they run out of room. So you may not see many eggs in the hive because she just has laid the whole hive up with eggs at or, or it's filled with honey or, or and or yeah they, they've brought so much honey in that they're really condensing the queen which is a signal that they've they've run out of room and they need to split that's called that's honey locked right when they're honey locked uh that you can start to get honey locked yeah when when you have uh, a hive I, I usually see it when you have like three or four boxes on a hive and they have three of those boxes completely full of honey and it the there's just no place for the queen to lay and you actually the hive suffers because there's no uh the next generation of bees isn't being produced because there's it's occupied by honey they're like victims of their own productivity yeah that's, yeah that's they, a commentary on capitalism <laughs> <laughs> they uh and on that note they they can produce 80 to 90% more honey than they can consume. So that's why we are able to have honey. Uh, some, a lot of, I've had some people say that like I take all the honey. Well, the, the fact is I leave honey for them, but I'm taking the extra honey. Right. It would be really short-sighted to just steal all of their honey and yeah. let them die. <laughs> um, so anyway... The, the queen it's so easy to get off topic yeah, there's, there's so, many. so many things to talk about uh, but we've gone this far on queens so the the queen the hive senses that it's it's too full they need to split they need to swarm so the queen does the queen herself lay those eggs out i mean obviously she lays the eggs but how does she signal to them that like hey use these eggs to build queen cells uh i think it's opposite the the workers will actually form queen cups that hang down uh, for the queen to got lay an it, egg got into, it, got it, got it. Um, and the queen will lay an egg into that, and they will raise it out. Um, around that point, um, they will start to uh, put the queen on a diet. 
So they feed her less, and they they run her around the hive. They push her around, make her run around the hive, and that is to lose weight so that she can fly. Because oh, because <laughs> she doesn't usually have to fly, poor girl. She doesn't. She doesn't leave the hive unless they're going to swarm. And that so the old queen leaves with the swarm. I'm assuming because once the new queens emerge, there's a battle royale. There, there can be a battle royal, yes. What do you mean but, can be? There um, absolutely is. If more than one queen... Tell people. Listen to this, people. The first queen emerges. What does that queen do to all the other queens? So the first queen emerges. Uh, let, let's say that the old queen is left. Uh, the first queen that emerges will go around and chew a hole in the side of the cell... Um, and sting any queen that is potentially going to come out. Or, like, as the queen's about to come out, she makes a high-pitched tapping sound, uh, kind of like as a signal, but it's also a signal for the queen, the, the queen that's out, to come out and kill her, too. Oh, man. Uh, so, in normal situations, there's only one queen in the hive. Um Right, but nature is an interesting and quirky gal, and so sometimes you end up with with two queens in a hive. And this year has been the year for me to have two queens in the hive. I've had that happen twice to me, and we don't really know why that is. Um, yeah, and as sometimes you, I've heard of people saying that yeah, they've they've coexisted just fine, um, but. For the most part, there's one queen per hive. Well, because workers, because the, as you said, pheromones are everything, and each queen has her own smell. And so, isn't it true that if workers smell a different queen's pheromones, they will also sting her to death? So it's very unusual for two queens to be allowed to exist by each queen and by their workers. Yeah, each hive won't allow a new queen to just enter the hive. Uh, to have two queens in a hive, it, it's got to be a, a mother-daughter or a daughter-daughter situation. Um, like a sibling, like a sister. Like si- si- sisters, yeah. yeah. Um, and in that case, they would kind of... Um, ...would develop so that the queen pheromone is actually both of them. Um, God, so, like twins, they would maybe share... Well, that. no, there would be individuals sense but, but accepted as one but accepted as one inside the hive interesting um yeah and, and you can have two queen systems it's a that's a complicated um we thing. don't need to go that we deep. don't need to go that deep <laughs> yes um but you know that's also an interesting um not segue but it reminds me that when you requeen a hive you actually have to if the old queen exists still in the hive but just isn't doing well or is just kind of old and uh, she needs to be replaced, you have to kill her and then leave that hive alone for a couple days before reintroducing a new queen because they need to like recognize they don't have a queen before they can accept the new one, right? Yeah, basically. Uh, you have to remove the, the old queen. You say remove so kindly. You literally, you you find this queen and you take her out and you squish her between your fingers. I, uh, yeah. Don't sugarcoat it. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't even have to take it out of the hive. A lot of times I will squish her and leave her in the hive as a... Um, to Brutal! Help, help the signal that their, their queen's in danger, or like worse in danger, she's, she's gone. 
um, if they have to remove her from the hive, then it's there's already bees saying, "Hey, we need a new queen," or like, "Let's, you know, we need help." Um, it and is I, a dog eat dog world in the beekeeping <laughs> life. <laughs> uh, so at that point, um, if you have queens, you can put them in. But what we don't just drop a queen in. We have. We keep queens in a queen cage. Mated queens. A mated queen. So if you ever like are in a position to buy a queen online, that queen has been mated. Um, you can't buy a virgin queen. You can't. I mean, you, it would be but an accident. They, they, it's, yeah, you, you typically want to buy a mated queen. Right. Because the window is so narrow to mate. You have a very short window. Right. Um, so anyway, keep going. You have a mated queen in a cage. And in that cage, there's a sugar plug. So... The, the bees have to eat the sugar and that doesn't happen instantly. That happens over several days. Meanwhile, the, the queen is in this cage. She is protected from all the other bees. Um, they can't sting through the cage and that gives it time for that queen pheromone to, uh, to fill that hive and the bees time to recognize that that is their, their queen. Um, when it's uh, fairly simple when you put it that way <laughs> i didn't expect to go on such a deep dive into queens but that is just how beekeeping conversations go um let me take a minute to reintroduce us if you're just joining us this is the farm and garden show i am your host elizabeth archer i'm joined in the ukiah studio today with carson elmer owner and operator of carson and bees a local mendocino county uh, beekeeper and my husband Carson and I this weekend are celebrating 10 years together it's also my 10 year anniversary of coming to Mendocino County I came on June 4th 10 years ago when we met on June 7th at a beekeeping meeting which is so cute <laughs> so, it's very fitting that we're doing this show today it is that's that's true so happy anniversary to us uh i'm gonna open up the lines if you are just a buzz with questions see what i did there uh you can give us a call 707-895-2448 again that's 707-895-2448 give us a call if you have beekeeping questions opportunity for some free advice <laughs> um, so let's stop talking about queens I think that is more than anybody expected to learn I really want to talk about swarms This Which, is the time of year This is the time of year It's uh, We call those freebies uh, Freebies? Yeah Another pun <laughs> uh, The reason we call them that uh, They are looking for a place to live So the old queen has... Start, has started to produce a new queen in the hive and the old queen is getting ready to leave uh, when the new queen is starting to emerge the old queen will leave the hive and she takes a half to a, a third to half the bees from the hive and goes out with her the queen can't fly forever she's very uh, short winded she's weak she's yeah. not used to flying yeah. she's not conditioned <laughs> So they will fly a very short t distance, and usually to a tree. Um, I've seen them on fence posts, trees. I've seen them on a brick fence post. Um, and what they're doing is they're basically resting to f and waiting to find the perfect location um, to, to transfer to. 
Um, and when they're waiting, they're all balled up and hanging on each other. Um, and usually they're about the size of a basketball. So if it's like, you could just imagine a basketball size um, bundle of bees hanging on a branch. And that is actually called a bivouac. Um, huh. Yeah, it's actually a, a term for that. Interesting. Um, and then how do they find that perfect spot? So just like they have foragers that, that, send, that go out into the world looking for flowers, they have foragers looking for the perfect cavity um and in nature that tends to be like a hole in a tree um a lot of times in our um community um that happens to be in walls a modern built community yeah. of humans have created a lot of cavities for honeybee colonies yeah and really it just needs to be uh, a cavity that's um big enough for them to inhabit and they will find their way in we have a call let's take this call real quick hi caller you're live on the air hi thank you so much for the show oh thanks for calling in <laughs> yeah i've been trying to find a beekeeper who might be able to help my family and i own a house in elk and um a few years ago we had to replace our whole electrical box and at some point, we're not there all the time, and at some point, a bee swarm moved into our outside electrical box. This is a very timely and, call. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've talked to a few different people, and nobody seemed to have any ideas about what we could do, and I'm really hoping you might have some ideas. Well, we are going to talk about exactly that, and you can also find Carson, uh, are you, if you're on Facebook, you can find Carson at Carson and Bees, or our website is carsonandbees.com, and you can message him there for more advice. Great. Thank you so much. But keep listening, because we're talking about this okay. very thing. I really appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you so much. You're, you're welcome. Take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. I would like to say that there is a big coastal uh, group of beekeepers, hobby beekeepers, and they have um, taken up, um, they have meetings every month, um, and the next meeting is a week from today, uh, the, um, I forget, the 9th, um, June 9th, at the Fort Bragg Library, they will have a speaker who is will be talking about swarms uh, so if you are interested in beekeeping yourself um, that is a great uh, community resource that you can um, join that's also a good place to meet someone who may be able to help you with a swarm or a, a hive in your in your house um, where what time so Fort Bragg library next Thursday June 9th at uh, six o'clock at six o'clock yeah, the Fort Bragg Beekeepers Group is very active. They're great. There's also an email list. So if you go to that meeting, you can get put on the list. I think you can also find them on Facebook if you search for maybe Fort Bragg Beekeeping. Uh, there is a, a Facebook page, uh, Mendocino Beekeepers, and um, that is um, kind of all-inclusive, but um, there is quite a few Mendocino Coast beekeepers on there. And for the inland folks, there's a Facebook group called, I think, the Redwood Valley Beekeepers? I think it's called Redwood Valley Calpella Bee Club. Got it. Which is deceiving, because it's not quite a club. But if it's somebody, a, it's a if somebody wants club. to... It's a Facebook club. somebody wants to 
make it more of a club, let's go. Yeah. Carson would totally go to your meetings. <laughs> I volunteer him. Um, okay, so there's swarms. They're looking for... They have scout bees looking for the perfect spot. They find the spot. They come back. I'm sure they have some sort of waggle dance to argue whose spot is best. Yeah. Uh, one will come back. They will tell, you know, ten of their friends. The ten friends go check it out. And how do they tell their friends? They do what you call the waggle dance. It's exactly what it's called. Um and they sit there and vibrate, waggle back and forth, and do a figure eight, and how hard they waggle, and the orientation. So on the comb, they, they, the comb sit vertical. So they are um, kind of how angled, angled they are on the comb as they walk up and down uh, tells them the the direction from the sun so they use the sun like a compass um and it they basically have to get enough um bees to accept this spot that they have can convince all all of them to pick up and go and like the caller said um they they found their way into an empty box um Sometimes it's all they need is a little hole, um, and that hole is you know a, 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 about an inch in diameter is kind of their perfect uh, hole size. So if you have a hole in your siding that is an inch, which is about the size of most conduits, um, if you need to punch a hole through your siding, that is about the same the exact high, hole size that you would do that with. Um, so if you have pulled a pipe out, um, that's a lot of times how they get in yeah because bees want something that they can protect and defend they don't want something with a a gaping opening because that's very susceptible uh to being you know robbed by other bees and being eaten by bears or you know raccoons or whatever's trying to get in there yeah they want things to be closed off um and the, the more it's closed off the more they can defend it and the more they can heat it um and the one thing that makes our walls such good um places for them is usually they're heated on one side and in the summertime they're cooled on one side so they don't get too hot um so and there's lots of open empty spaces in our walls and our attics a lot of our old buildings you know don't have insulation so they don't um there's open spaces um they don't always go to buildings um they they will you know go into a log um i've taken had a couple trees fall and i've taken um the section of the tree that has the bees in it and i've cut them out um they also go into our empty bee boxes quite frequently those are the uh really nice that's the uh, real freebie yeah the real freebie there's not even any work in that one uh yeah they it, once they've been in a area, there's wax and propolis. It smells like smells like home, um, and so it's. I mean, I I have boxes that that is their home. So they will move in. They don't even have to start building home. They can just start living, um, and that's been a problem too. Is people will um, remove a hive in a wall or wherever it is, but it's really hard to get that smell out and so if you don't close it up 
um, I've had people call me again and say, hey, I have bees in the wall again. And I was like, that's, yeah, that happens. You got to find every last entry point and seal it off. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, what is it, mono? Once you have it once, it's really easy to just keep getting it. <laughs> once bees are in your wall once, it's real easy for them to want to go back. Yeah, I mean, spray foam is your your friend. Um, a friend for insulation. You want to seal up your home in, in building. You, you don't want airflow and airflow, you know, air coming into your walls. Um, so spray foam also works for bees as well. So... If someone sees a swarm, it's actually really cool if you see a swarm kind of in action because it'll just be this mass of thousands and thousands and thousands of bees. And it can seem kind of intimidating, but that's actually when bees are their most docile because they don't have a home to defend. Um, Yeah, they only sting to protect themselves or protect the home. So in a swarm situation where they're looking for a home, um, you can actually go and, I mean, I don't recommend this, but you can go and like pick them up with your hands. Um, now I have been stung in swarms. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like this, it is dangerous if you, um, are, uh, able to be stung, I guess. Um, but they, they are very docile, um, in a swarm situation because they're looking for a home. So unless you swat at them make some kind of sudden movement aggressively towards them or kind of squish them they they kind of just go about their business they're not too worried about you yeah so carson gets called to catch swarms quite frequently this time of year um and there are pictures of him and he'll just be in like car hearts or jeans and a t-shirt and bare hands just literally scooping bees into a box um what are the the tricks to catching a swarm other than maybe not being afraid of bees (laughs) you can wear a bee suit obviously but yes and i've worn a bee suit for many many years and it's just kind of recently that i've gotten fairly comfortable uh with i'll say being stung how about that um and then also being around bees um so for folks listening who maybe are have a little bit of beekeeping knowledge or even just have an empty box and no fear what do you recommend for catching a swarm? Like if you see one, I recommend using a bee suit. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. But um, the, the the simple version is you're trying to get most of the bees to want to accept the box, um, and a lot of times if it's on a branch, um, it, if you can bend that branch down or bring your box right up underneath it then you just shake that branch and they all fall in. So you want all the bees to fall in. Um, you don't have to get every last bee, but you just have to get enough of them to convince the rest of them that this is a good home. Um, and I've had several times where I, I can't quite reach, but I can shake enough bees down and they will slowly communicate that, hey, just below us, there's the perfect hive. Um, that that takes a while because then you, you're relying on them to communicate. Whereas if you can drop them all into a box, close the lid, um, then you have them. That's like in a perfect situation, that's, that's how it goes. You typically, though, when you're catching a swarm, want to leave the box for a while, at least until it's dark, to give all of them time to migrate inside the box. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 
Yeah, if you can get that perfect catch where you get all of the bees to drop in the box all at once, or you can cut the branch and gently set it in, uh, then you can take that box immediately away, immediately away and put it in your hive yard. But the best situation is to kind of let them settle in. I'm such a sucker. I always want Carson to leave the box as long as possible because even in the situation you're describing, you still leave some bees behind and then they'll form the saddest little ball of bees that are just destined to die. And that I know that they're a super organism and they don't really care about the life of the individual, but it makes me sad. I often wonder, I I kind of often figure that uh, they will go back to their hive because they they came from a hive so i assume that some of them will go back if that's what helps you sleep at night <laughs> <laughs> um you said that it can be su- super intimidating or um and i want to say that the act of them flying as a swarm sounds like a helicopter it is one of the it, it, if you are don't know anything that's going on, I imagine that could be a very scary thing to see this cloud of bees. They they can actually look like a cloud. They can kind of darken the sky, and they sound like a helicopter is landing in your front yard. It is to me is amazing um, and awesome, but I imagine to most people it is terrifying um, because there's thousands and thousands of bees just flying around but we're telling you right now you don't need to be scared it's okay yeah no they really just want to go about their business and and be left alone we also will get calls of folks who are you know have a swarm nearby and are you know scared of them or worried about them um that swarm is not going to stay that long how how long would you say a typical swarm stays in sort of that like holding place while they look for the new house stays in a bivouac Uh, yeah uh that depends on how many open spaces you have around just for them to occupy they're really just looking for a place to move on um so i don't know what the like average time is but I have had uh, people say that they, they've had swarms stay for several days. Um, and I have seen evidence that swarms will try and stay like on a branch because they'll build comb. But those do not survive. Those um, are maybe the like late season real Hail Mary something has gone terribly wrong bees. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what what the reasoning is there in the tropics they can get away with it um but here it just gets too cold well and it seems very hard to defend yeah but they're like in a tree fair um so this time of year swarms are absolutely normal it's just a normal part of honeybee life uh but later in the year uh you know certainly into the summer and definitely in the fall if you see a swarm i mean you can still try to catch it or call someone to catch it but that hive alone isn't going to have enough time to build up so typically with late season swarms don't you add those bees to like an existing colony to beef up a colony you already have or what do you think about that yeah i mean starting in uh probably about july late july um it it's kind of um almost hopeless for that hive to make it through the winter um and 
if you catch a swarm like that, uh, there's several things you can do. Um, we add bees to hives all the time. Uh, usually we transfer, you know, one or two frames over from a, a strong hive to boost up a, a weaker hive, but you could do the opposite with a, a swarm. Um, the problem there is you have a queen in that swarm. So you'll want to put it in a box, find the queen. Um, you, at that point, you can monitor the queen. You could see if she is a really good queen or if she's just um, a queen that maybe they wanted to requeen. And instead of killing her, they let her out of the hive. Um, and she's just a bad queen. Oh, uh, poor gal. So at that point, you know, you would want to get rid of her. So a bad queen is a queen who isn't laying very much or isn't laying in what's called like a good laying pattern. So she's leaving lots of empty cells open. Basically, if she's inefficient, and that comes from sometimes poor breeding and sometimes age, right? Yeah, as they age, the, the, the sperm viability goes down. Um, and if, if the, she's been poorly bred, that sperm... She doesn't have a lot of sperm to um, utilize. Um, there's, yeah, old age. Um, they, they only last, like, queens. So textbook queen used to be three to five years. Um, now it's more like if you get three years out of a queen, she's a really good queen. Um, Just because there's so that, many environmental pressures yeah there's environmental mites mites are a big one um pesticides also a big one um so yeah all of those things combined um have reduced the longevity of queens over the years yeah i would yeah um Wow, time's flying. I'm going to reintroduce us. If you're just tuning in, this is the Farm and Garden Show. I am your host, Elizabeth Archer. I'm joined today with uh, by Carson Elmer of Carson and Bees, a Mendocino County beekeeping and honey business. You can give us a call if you have questions, 707-895-2448. So someone ends up with a swarm moves into their house. At that point, it's no longer a swarm. It is a colony that has established itself. They're panicked. They don't want bees in their house. They call you. What do you do? Uh, well, uh, then it becomes a much more complicated situation. Uh, you can remove physically remove them from the area, uh, which to do that, you have to make ac access to them, usually by cutting a hole in the wall. Um and if it's in a wall, you do that from either the inside or the outside. Um, you can cut a hole in your siding or cut a hole in your sheetrock. Um, either way, there's a hole in your house. Uh, if you if you want to extract a honeybee colony alive, yep. you're cutting a hole in your if house. If you want to save the bees that moved into your house, you have to cut a hole in it. Um, there really isn't any other options. Does anyone ever ask to keep the bees that you extract from their house? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I have not, I have not done that service where I extract it for them, so that they can have it. Um, Most people by that point are just over it. Yeah, if if you are calling me, it's usually because you don't want the bees in your house um, and you don't want bees. <laughs> so you you cut a hole. You have an empty box. Oh, we have a call. 
save hold that thought hi caller you're live on the air i'm live right now yes, yes. you are hi guys hey uh i have a little bit of information with my experience with catching swarms um if you want us sure lay it on us put your put your name uh to the fire department everybody calls the fire department because they're freaked out. Oh, my God, I've got this whole wad of bees, and we're all going to die. So get your name on the fire department list. Go out and catch the swarm. I caught two swarms. It was it was incredible. Great fun. Cool. I did get stung twice. But I got them back home. Everything was fine. The queen was doing her job. I opened the box. I watched her. I could see her route of laying eggs. She was doing a good job. One to three thousand eggs a day, right? Is that is that a good queen? Yeah, two to three thousand eggs a day um, is right. kind of typical. Um, and this year, this time of year is the time that they're going to be pr- pushing that two to three thousand eggs a day right. in the winter right. time they're going to be slowed down um and only produce uh, a few you know a couple hundred eggs yeah. a day if that so i think the gestation time is 23 days when they start hatching out from the first day she starts laying is that right it, it varies 20. from worker uh drones and queens so queens are 16 okay. workers are 21 and drones ah, are 24, 24. days Okay, so the men I take opened, longer. Uh, that's how we are. <laughs> so I opened my hive, I think, at 23 days, and there was 3,000 more bees in there than there was before, and that was a little bit frightening. Yeah, and they then, can really ramp up. And then a few days later, I opened it again, and there was like 9,000 more bees in there, and I went, oh my God, I need to get some honey supers on here. <laughs> right now well that's cool that you had i love that you had success uh catching us swarms thanks for the tip on putting your name with the fire department yeah on that note um you can uh the ag department if you're a big uh if you're a beekeeper that has uh several hive you know a lot of hives the ag department has a list for people to call so if you have a um a swarm you can call the ag department and they will give you numbers of people who can relocate relocate them there are also often people panicked on facebook so you can always troll (laughs) facebook (laughs) thanks for the call okay um okay so we're cutting bees out of a wall go back um so once you make access to the bees um there are uh things uh some people use bee vacuums and they actually vacuum them up. Um, and the way I like to do it is just cutting, um, just start cutting the comb out. I and have- the most important thing is that you get the queen, right? Because if you get the queen, the other bees will follow her in. Yeah, usually, yeah. Ooh, the phone lines are blowing up. Hi, caller, you're live on the air. Hello? Hi, you're live Hello? on the air. Uh, hello? Hello, can you hear me? Yes. You're live on the air on KZYX. You're listening. I love this. I love this. I love these. This is amazing. Yay. Thanks for the call. Hi, caller. You're live on the air. Hello. Hello. 
Hi, um, I'm just calling uh, to ask maybe an off-subject question, but I'm learning a lot today. I'm really liking the show. Um, I've heard about uh, bees becoming alcohol- alcoholics and getting kicked out of the hive. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I've never heard that. Like, yeah, if, like from... and so I used to see them around my beer cans, and I put a lid on my can to keep them away from there. But what I'm really wondering is, why, you know, the wild irises are up, and it's a great bee season this year, and I've seen a lot of them. Why they're Oop, right pee outside? Sorry, you kind of cut out there. Something about oh, wild sorry, irises. Oh, I'm just I'm, yeah. I'm really watching a lot of bee productivity this year, and hearing them and. Been hearing some buzzing around, and wild irises are great this year, and, and they're they're doing their thing. But wherever I pee outside, they seem to really be attracted to my urine, and I'm wondering why that is. That is an interesting question. We will give you an answer offline. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Uh, I've never heard of that. I think that might be more of like yellow jackets or wasps. And I think yellow jackets and wasps are also more likely to be attracted to beer. Yeah. Although I do think bees will eat kind of like fallen fruit, fermented fruit, which can be kind of boozy. Yeah, but then they're going after the sugar. They're going at yeah. They'll be going after the sugar. Um, they the color did remind me of the flowers that are like blooming now. Um, for bees, um, what the one of the biggest honey flows that we have is blackberries and they are in full bloom right now yeah Um, blackberry honey is delicious yeah it's it's our our best honey um and we're gonna get some rain this weekend which is absolutely ideal for perfect because for honey if the plants need water to produce nectar and the more water they have the more nectar they produce uh the other honey crop that we have is uh vetch which has held on this year uh, because we've had the last couple storms of rain. So vetch is also uh, a good honey flow, but it's very finicky. Um, some years we have lots of vetch and no honey, and some years, like this year, there's lots of vetch and lots of honey. So hopefully a good honey year. Yes. Hey, we're getting to the end of the show, and I want to cover something that is a little controversial, a little unpopular. And I want to preface this by saying a lot of people are really interested in the health of pollinators, which I am 1 million percent on board for. Um, But I think it's important for folks to understand the difference between native pollinators and honeybees. So honeybees are livestock. There is a tremendous amount of genetic diversity that has been stored in banks around the world. Bee breeders make bees every single year. Um, yes, honeybees die every year, and that is very unfortunate for the world and for business. But those bees are always replaced. So honeybees themselves are not endangered and are unlikely to be endangered in the near future. Do you think that's an accurate statement? Yeah, I think that's fairly accurate. Um, it may be become harder and has become harder to be a beekeeper and keep your hives healthy. Um, but the the number of hives across the United States has only gone down a little bit um, in the last 50 years or something like that. Because we keep replacing them. So that said, sometimes what we recommend for a hive that's moved into your house is extermination. Can you explain the circumstances under which extermination is the best option? 
Uh, well, if uh, people don't want to pay to have their house uh, torn apart, I've had calls where they want me to take the bees out, but I can't make access to the bees. So it's like, well, there's there's not a whole lot I can do there. Um, so there's a financial side of it. Right. Uh, people literally pay you to cut holes in their walls that then have to be paid to be fixed. It's like being a firefighter again. <laughs> right no one's ever destruction everybody's happy um but if they're in a a place that is uh unsafe for people to to be um you know right next to a walkway and um you just can't find somebody to take them out um or it's just not plausible to take them out um yeah extermination is sometimes is the best answer and it is, I mean, a can of wasp spray is only a couple dollars. Yeah. And that is, I mean, that's basically what you do, right? You find the opening and you you gas them out. And it's not, I mean, we're never happy about it. No one's happy ever about killing bees. But sometimes it really is your only and best option. Um, and then it makes it much less likely that another bee colony will move in there because it doesn't smell like home. It smells like death. Yeah, I mean, if you have access to where they are coming in and out of, um, uh, the spray foam is uh, one of the best solutions to preventing them from coming back. Um, Could you just use spray foam to also kill them? Yes, but sometimes they will just find another hole. They're very resourceful. Um, The problem with exterminating a hive that has been there a while is uh, they are no longer taking care of that comb, and that comb can melt in the hot temperatures, and then that has allows the honey to drip out. So if it's in a wall, um, you can then have uh, honey basically dripping down your wall from the in- inside of the wall, and that will produce like stains on your wall. Um, so I don't recommend just exterminating a hive that's been there for a while interesting but if a hive is uh, a swarm has moved in recently um and they just can't be there then and you can't get them out alive you can't get them out then the best thing is yeah make sure that they don't come out alive i guess oh man well we feel your pain if you've gotten a swarm um in your house everybody loves a bee until they're sharing a a room with them um And so you do have options. There's obviously, you know, removal services, and there are also opportunities for various different types of extermination. Um, And if that is the way you have to go, I just want to give you permission to do that and to not feel too bad about it, even if people are yelling at you on Facebook to save the bees. Honeybees aren't going anywhere. We should be worried about native pollinators. So plant lots of flowers, leave a part of your... Uh, lawn unmowed um uh you know have places out with shallow water that they can land in and drink and those are some of the best ways that you can you can support bees any final thoughts we are down to the final minutes of the show uh yeah there's lots of uh hobby beekeepers in mendocino county um and i encourage you if you are interested in bees to seek out um the other enthusiasts in the area um and the fort bragg b group is probably one of the best ones to the uh, most active most active to 
to be around community of bees. Um, and this year is shaping up to be a wonderful honey year, um, especially with these last little bit of rain that we're getting. Um, there's lots of flowers, and I encourage people just to look at flowers. Um, I look at flowers in a totally different way um, than when I was a little kid. Um, I mean, yeah, they were beautiful, but now I see other beauty in them um, as, as a, now that I'm a beekeeper. Aww. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. This has been the Farm and Garden Show. I am Elizabeth Archer. I've been on with Carson Elmer of Carson and Bees. I think I'll probably have you on quarterly because there's always something to talk about. Um, if you're interested in being a guest on the Farm and Garden Show, please send an email to dj at kzyx.org. Put Farm and Garden in the subject line and it will make its way to me. I will be back in two weeks with more fascinating farm and garden related content from around the country and the county and the world maybe i don't actually have my guest booked yet so we'll see what happens <laughs> um thanks so much for listening and we hope you have a beautiful day this has been a production of mendocino county public broadcasting kzyx philo 90.7 fm KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.